first chapter of any intro to psychology textbook has a section about the history of the field of psychology, and that's what this podcast is about. But please note that nearly all psychology classes that you take in the United States or in Europe are actually focused on Western psychology because of the origin of the field. Let me point out some important points to consider when learning about the field of Western psychology. It's not just about dates and names. Think about the origins and how the notion of understanding human behavior has changed over the decades, as in large movements or waves. Psychology is a very young science by comparison to other sciences and evolved from the fields of philosophy and physiology. The field of psychology was actually founded in Germany by Wilhelm Wundt, and in the 1870s he wrote a very important textbook and also created, around that time, his psychology lab, which was considered the first of its kind. So psychology has its origins in Europe. Now next I'm going to talk about the major movements or even theories in psychology that have dominated the field and the thinking in psychology over the years up to modern times. So uh, one of the first movements I want to talk about came from the Austrian psychiatrist Sigmund Freud. In fact, Freud might be one of the few names that students might recognize before taking a psychology class. And his movement was called psychoanalytic theory, and his therapy was called psychoanalysis. If you have an image of a client laying on the couch, staring at the ceiling while speaking to a therapist sitting in a chair behind them, yeah, that's psychoanalysis right there. And even though most counseling and therapy is not this form of therapy, for some reason that's the image that has stuck with us. Freud believed that in terms of our human nature, he believed in the more primal aspects of our nature that were driven by basic instincts like sex and hunger, and that we're constantly struggling to control them. And he also popularized the idea that we have different levels of consciousness in our mind. One level where we are awake and alert, and also a subconscious, or what he calls an unconscious mind, that takes over when we're dreaming, or when it seeps through our waking lives through unconscious actions, like slips of the tongue. Have you ever misspoke when talking to friends, or have a word pop out of nowhere? Oftentimes we think of those as accidents, or like taking the wrong turn, you end up at the ice cream shop on the way home from work, right? Freud believes that those things are part of our unconscious, that somehow, deep, deep down, those are the things that we wanted to do, or that we wanted to say. Now the next popular movement that came after psychoanalytic theory was behaviorism, and those who study it were called behaviorists. The basic idea here is that at the time, behaviors believed that the mind was actually too vague, unreliable to study. You know, how can you really study someone's thoughts and feelings? It's difficult to observe. So behaviorists only wanted to measure what was observable. So what does that mean, things that are observable? Those are things that we can see, such as our outward actions. 
not our thoughts, intentions, motivations, and emotions. We can't see those things, really. So those things are inside the black box, or what we call our brain, our mind. And to behaviorists, they do not matter, because they cannot be measured objectively. So to be truly scientific about studying human behavior, we can only look at our behavior patterns and how they changed, whether we're being exposed to something, we see something or hear something, things that we can perceive and our reactions to them. So some of the big names of note that you should remember, John B. Watson, founder of behaviorism, as well as Ivan Pavlov, which sounds maybe a little bit familiar to you, and B.F. Skinner, all of whom we'll discuss at a later date. The next major movement was humanistic psychology, or some may call it humanism, and names like Abraham Maslow, and you may have heard of him, as related to his theory called hierarchy of needs, which is often shaped like a pyramid in textbooks. It's interesting that, in my experience, most students who have completed Psych 100 seem to remember his theory the most. Carl Rogers was also an early architect of humanistic psychology movement, and he created a form of therapy that was eventually named after him, Rogerian psychotherapy. Humanists believe that we humans were born good and decent and that we require a lot of support to reach our full potential. Humanistic psychologists believe that instead of being driven by animalistic instincts, which in a sense is a bit on the negative side or pessimistic side of human nature, they believe that we have positive intentions, that we're motivated by wanting to be better, to be good. And most of our modern counseling is actually based on humanistic psychology principles, which again we'll discuss in more detail at a later date. In more recent times, cognitive psychology, which focuses on our mind and how we think, multicultural psychology, which focuses on how culture affects our behavior, as well as neuroscience because of the advent of machines that can scan our brains and measure our blood and blood chemistry all became more recent dominant movements in the field of psychology. Okay, so to wrap up, we walk through where psychology came from in terms of the founder, uh, the dominant fields of psychology from psychoanalytic theory, which are many besides Freud, behaviorism, as well as humanistic psychology, all the way today, today in terms of neuroscience, multicultural, and cognitive psychology. And there are many more fields that we'll cover at a later time. Okay, that's it for now. Thanks for listening. This is Dr. C, and I'll talk to you soon. there thanks for listening to this podcast today can you do me a big favor um, just so that this podcast gets heard by more students of psychology and other people interested in the field uh, go to apple Podcasts and put a little rating there if you like and uh, a brief uh, review okay and you can also contact me directly using the 
links in the description, whether it's Twitter or email, with any suggestions or feedback that you may have to make the show better. And uh, if there are any topics you want me to talk about, I can add them. And if you want to support me by buying me a coffee, the methods are listed in the description as well. Again, thanks and have a great day.